Welcome to 11 a Movie Podcast. Episode 2, Wellsy. Okay, so first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Hey, um, Brad. You're joining me all the way from Adelaide, Australia, my good friend Wellsy. Yes, sir. Uh, just let's start off with how you're feeling today. Um, shit, I'm doing all right. It's been a, it's been a kind of a weird 24 hours with uh, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. That was kind of a yeah, no kidding. Wild shock to the system. Um, I was like mad, scattered yesterday. After that, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Heart rate, heart rate was like up all day after that. Mm. It was a lot. So yeah, yeah. First things first. Rest in peace, Chadwick. Rest man. in peace. Fuck. Rest in peace. Me and Wellesley know each other from Whistler. Actually, we both worked at the same hotel. Shout out Pan Pacific. <laughs> uh, I met this <laughs> Uh, fuck I met him. this dude in the breakfast bistro. I remember, like, during shifts, like, while people were serving and stuff, like, we would just go back to the kitchen and, like, freestyle and stuff like that. Back then, when we met, you weren't even, like, recording or anything. You were just, like, you were just making beats. And, like you said, that's how we started talking. And then you were writing your own stuff at the time. Like, you had, like, a little notebook that you kept around with you. But you weren't actually like you didn't have a mic you didn't have a sound or anything like that so i kind of wanted to know like how you sort of transitioned from like just kind of like like a mild interest into hip-hop into something like way more involved like yeah um shit, it's kind of wild i mean it starts like way before i even got to whistler where you know i just sucked at school i was getting <laughs> c's and d's and and i kind of i felt like I had no direction for my life. I just needed to get it out somehow. I wasn't even planning to like rap really. I just needed to get it out. And when I started writing, I felt like, oh, I'm actually kind of all right at this, but it was always to myself. And like, I'd always, you know, go out on my skateboard and find a bridge and sit under it and write and like just rap it to myself and whatever. And then I was like, fuck it. Let me just like get a mic. So I bought this like $60 shitty mic off Amazon. And I was like, fuck it, let me just record some songs. and then. The first one I recorded was Raindrops. And for like a first song ever, I was like, all right, maybe this is like actually doable, you know? Do you think there's anything you want to say about like why you took Pink Hoodies off? Look, there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that I'm still kind of dealing with mentally. And I've always been someone who's been very harsh critic of myself. Overall, the biggest thing was you couldn't really listen to the mixtape like without having the storyline in mind. And mm -hmm. the thing I love most about my favorite storyline driven projects like Forest Hills Drive, Good Kid, Mad City, Man on the Moon, things like that, is that you can listen to them without caring about what the storyline is. Mm, yeah. So like when I listened to Pink Hoodies and I was like, okay, if, if I'm, if I'm, from a listener's perspective, don't have any idea who these characters are, what the storyline is. Can I really listen to this, you know, by itself? And I just didn't really feel like you could. Even though, like, we, we took it down and whatever, I'm, like, really proud of us for, like, like, we put in so much time into Pink Hoodies and, and like, yeah, I feel like I, that was kind of me leaving Whistler behind, you know what I'm saying? I finally, mm -hmm. like, got rid of Whistler because I still had all this you know, pent up stuff from Whistler. And I just yeah. kind of put it on that project. And even though it's not going to be on Spotify, it's now I can throw that, that part of my life behind, you know what I'm saying? 
Let's talk about Avian, though. So that's actually the music that you have out right now that you haven't taken down. Do you want to talk about, like, sort of how it was different from Pink Hoodies and, like, the yes. sort of mindset you were in? Um, see, this is the th- – and this is one of the reasons that Pink Hoodies was so annoying. I literally spent probably max two hours on every song on Avian. Mm. Like, literally just, like, even Two Cents was, like – I did both verses in one take. <laughs> like, it, like, and you can hear it. Like, I, I don't, sometimes I don't pronounce the words like fully, but I literally just made those songs just to have something out. Do you kind of feel like you learned something about maybe like overthinking, overdoing, and maybe it's like just better to get yes. stuff out? Or? 100, 1,000%. That's the biggest thing I learned from Pink Hoodies. Mm-hmm. Stop, oh, like, like Kenny B says, man, don't <laughs> overthink shit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest thing I learned from Pink Hoodies was if you try and perfect every little thing, you just lose the feeling of the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why so many rappers just like freestyle their verses nowadays. The first ideas you get out a lot of the time are the best. Mm-hmm. You should just use them. And that's something I'm learning now. I just need to make, just keep making stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like when I go look at Mac Miller's early, early, early discography, like before Blue Slide, before Kids, the songs, like, they aren't great. You know what I'm saying? But he was just making. He just kept Mm -hmm. making stuff. And Mm -hmm. because he just kept making, he kept getting better and better. So by the time, like, you know, Faces is out, it's like, holy shit, this dude's a genius. (laughs) By the time that comes out, he's made, like, 500 songs or something. You know, I'm honest with myself. I know, like, nothing I've made so far is, like, good enough to warrant blowing up or Mm -hmm. having a bunch of fans or whatever. And and that's completely fine with me because I'm going to keep doing this until it does. Yeah. You know, it's not going to stop. It's just like crazy to me how badly you want this. Like, I think you mentioned earlier today, you're saying like, this is sort of like the only thing that you got, right? Like, and it's just like, I was wondering, like, has that ever wavered over the few years or like new Definitely. projects? Um... It's been like, I've always wanted it super bad, but there's been mm-hmm. points where I'm like, and, and it, it'll always be like this. I feel like mm-hmm. there's always points where you're like, damn, am I even good enough to do this? Like, am mm-hmm. I just trash? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you got, and like, you just, you just have to suppress those thoughts. Cause like, it's really, really damaging. Mm-hmm. And I realize that now, like, um, that's a good thing about making music with other people. You know, you always have that, like, support system right there next to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really happy I get to, like, make music with Nate now, and, and I'm not just, like, by myself. What has the reception been like to your projects? Like, I mean, just, like, out of your friends or people have listened to it? Like, have you heard any? Um, so <laughs> it's funny because, like, Avian, everyone loved it. Yeah, even people from school hit me up. People that I didn't really, like, get along with even mm-hmm. were hit me up and, like, yo, the new project's fire or whatever. I remember I had a um, – I went to a bar with Wes, my mm-hmm. my close friend. I remember seeing a lot of people there I hadn't seen in, like, four years. And I was like, yeah. they were like, yo, your EP's fire. And I was like, bro, just wait for the mixtape. Just wait for the mixtape. Trust mm-hmm. me. Just wait for the mixtape. And then the mixtape came out, and nobody gave me props or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny as hell. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, the reception has been 
great, especially for the nuts video. It was wild. Like one of my old managers hit me up. Yeah. And she's like, she's like a like forty year old woman, and like <laughs> on nuts. I'm literally talking about like, you know, like fucking a girl essentially. And she hit me up and was like, "Yo, this shit is so fire." <laughs> uh, like, thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all the questions I have for you. Just some like basic shit, so the people on our website have like a better idea of who you are. Um, like, what kind of music do you like? What have you been listening to? Who, who are your biggest inspirations? I know you had Pac yeah. and J Cole. Like, yeah, yeah just some wall. basic. Shit. Um, you know what? To just let everyone know who I'm listening to, I'm gonna pull my the Spotify playlist up that mm. I've been been listening to. So let's see, we got. We got Claro, you know, mm-hmm. always got to have Claro in the mix. Men I Trust, for sure, always in there. Beach House, The Japanese House, Blood Orange, Girl in Red, uh, Ari Lennox, my mm-hmm. baby. Um, Bibadubi or Bibadubi. I never know how to say her name. I don't know either, yeah. She's fired up. <laughs> um, Willow, I fucking love Willow Smith, like, so underrated. Snow Allegra, Kid Cudi, always. Sade, Jenny Aiko. Yeah, that's just some. Oh, oh, and then obviously, you know, Mac, Cole, Pac, uh, Drake, Tyler. You know, I got them all on my wall. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Something that kind of like surprised me about your list there, though, is that I noticed like when you were talking about like the classics, like it was a lot of like sort of like OG rap stuff, like Tupac, J. Cole, just like hip hop at its core, right? But when you, you know, were listing stuff off your playlist, it was like a lot of maybe more like indie alternative R&B stuff. Like, I don't think you listed one rapper there, actually. Um, yeah. Do you think that's sort of like influencing the music that you're making now in any way? For sure, 100%. And um, that's definitely uh, influencing the sound of my music right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm heading in a more spacey direction mm-hmm. less like straight rap you know more melodic um and i think you you almost like have to be in today's mm-hmm. like rap scene um yeah that's something i'm definitely working on right now is like taking influences from like cole Pac, mac and trying to infuse that with influences from like mac demarco and men i trust and mm-hmm. beach house and stuff it kind of fold it all into one you know what i'm saying so like be confident on the track but also have like the melody and the soft touch of of you know these indie artists and stuff mm-hmm. that's kind of where i'm where i'm heading i think one thing i guess i'm curious about is that i mean you mentioned earlier and like back when i knew you in whistler like your voice was something that you were really insecure about and now that you're talking about like this shift to more melodic stuff more sing-songy stuff like do you find that sort of as like an obstacle when you're making music? Just like, no, I think it's fun. I think it allows for more creativity. There's only so much you can do with words, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think it's, it's something that like Drake, like perfected, you know, he has his one liners and Instagram captions and whatever, <laughs> but being able to fold that rap and, you know, half singing type shit into one is what really made him a superstar. Like Drake isn't a good singer. You know 
<laughs> like, but it's fire. Like, it sounds so fire because it's like real. You can feel the emotion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always say I, I actually prefer when someone isn't that great at singing to when someone is like a perfect singer. Mm-hmm. I always like somehow I don't know what it is. I, it might just be because it's you know imperfect that mm-hmm. I just feel the emotion more. Yeah. So like that's that's what I'm trying to to get at is like get that melodic shit out because even if I'm not a great singer, you know, I feel like the words I'm saying can like hit more if you if you have that melody and you can hear like the rasp in your voice when you're trying to get a note out that you're not supposed to hit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if we're looking at the future now, like what can we sort of see to expect from you? Are you gonna start dropping more regularly or like what do you have planned? I actually was meant to have a song come out yesterday, mm. but uh, DistroKid, somehow the cover art for it is like copyright. I put a picture of Link from Zelda on it. That song is a single off my next solo project that's going to come out. Have you decided on like a name for the solo project or anything? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, you going to announce it? You don't have to if you don't want to. Nah. <laughs> nah okay, I'm gonna no. I'm going to keep that. I can tell you though that the the project that Nate and I are working on mm. is probably going to be called "Sitting on the Moon, Going Fishing." So, okay, go. okay, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can just get a little idea of like the concept or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, um, do you have like any sort of like if everything were to go your way, like when do you think that would be? Shit, what month are we in now? August, I'd mm. say. December, hopefully. December, around there. Okay, before the new year, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's kind of bad juju this year. I might just wait till January. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it might drop it fucking around and die, bro. Mm. Like, uh-uh. uh-uh. Anyways, yeah, that's uh, all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so Hell much yeah. for taking the time. That was fire, bro. Fuck yeah. Uh,